Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever in the world you guys are. My name is Ashley Green and this is the Successful Mentalist Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about choosing the right tricks. I'm very excited for this episode because it's a much longer episode. We're going to be talking about various different things and we're also going to be answering some amazing questions which you guys, the viewers, have sent in. But before anything else, I would like to introduce my good friend, Aidan O'Sullivan. Hello, I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you again for listening to us. Honestly, as we mentioned in episode three, we've had such an overwhelming response. It's been phenomenal, honestly. We had our intentions of what we wanted to have, like in terms of numbers and stats and things for the podcast. But honestly, it, our ideas have been blown out of the water. I mean, just for episode two alone, we had an idea of we had we always had this challenge of we wanted a hundred Facebook likes in the in the first week, just so we could actually start sharing this podcast and this information with more people. Uh, we managed that in eight days, so it's not too bad. But as soon as episode two dropped. There was a literally there was a two to three hour window, which we had almost 50 people liking the page, which, again, might not sound much. But for us, that that was big. That was that was big news. And again, the numbers on there on the podcast, like the downloads and where that's been downloaded, it's all just phenomenal. So we really thank you so much for that. I mean, thanks for listening. If this is your first episode of the podcast, I would definitely encourage that you backdate and listen to the other episodes uh, where we spoke about, uh, in episode one, our intros to, to mentalisms. Episode two, we spoke about uh, the transitioning from magic to mentalism and applying your external skills into your mentalism career. Uh, on top of that, we also spoke about how to find your core purpose and your driving force behind why you're doing mentalism. That was episode three. And today we're teaching you the some of the tips on how to select the right tricks for you and for your career. Um, so that's an awful lot of content that I think we've managed to summarise into this sort of foundation month. Um, yeah, that's it. And I think before we crack on and, you know, explain all about all the tricks, the different mentalism things that you can learn and buy, we had an awful lot of questions coming from you, the viewers. So I want to take this time in the longer episode to actually go through those, you know, go through all of them because... As myself and Aidan said when we set this up, it's all about helping you. And if we can help you, then that's our job done. And if you've got questions that need answers, then here is a perfect platform to answer those questions because I'm sure there'll be other people who might just be sh shy and not want to send in their questions but might benefit from this. So I actually want to start with a fascinating question that came in from one of the viewers. And it's, what should I call myself? Should I call myself a magician? A mind reader, a mentalist. He also said, should I call myself a reader because I read people's body language or should I call myself a psychic? But ultimately, the question is, what should I call myself? I'll let you answer that first and then I'll, I'll share my points on that, Aidan. Yeah, so I'll talk about from my perspective. I mean, 
this is a, a sort of a debate that's had an awful lot in the the magic and mentalism communities. Um, like, do you call yourself a mind reader or do you call yourself a magician? But they're two different things. Do you call yourself a mentalist? Like, personally, I call myself a mind reader and also a magician. Like, it depends on the situation. Most of the time, I'll call myself a mind reader because I feel that that best represents what it is that I do within this mentalism world. Um, but I don't want to disregard that I'm a magician. I think magician also gives you that edge so that you're actually... It's easy to understand for your audiences. They kind of get the idea. Um, but by double-barreling it, I'm a mind reader and like a kind of magician. Um, and that's it. I say a kind of magician rather than, hi, I'm a magician. Um, in fact, I open my close-up walk-around sets by saying, I'm a kind of magician. And then that creates the intrigue. It's like, kind of? What, what do you mean kind of? Like, actually, I'm a mind reader. Um, it's just a nice segue. Um, and also from a a business perspective, people more likely to be searching wedding magician or corporate magician rather than wedding mind reader. Like it's it's still a sort of bracket that people don't actually actively look for. So um, I don't mind calling myself a magician just so I'm getting seen. Um, but yeah, that's it. Sort of for me, mind reader, magician. I don't call myself a mentalist, um, partly because I feel like. For the majority of lay people, mentalist means something different. Um, so for people listening outside of the UK, um, most of the lay people that I've spoken to, I've, I've asked, like, what do you think of the word like mentalist? They either think of the TV show The Mentalist, the detective that profiles people, um, or they think of a crazy person that's been uh, thrown in like a, a, an insane asylum kind of thing. Um, that's kind of the two connotations. And I would rather just stay away from that than risk it as a 50 50 on those um i know i've said a lot there so ashley you're welcome to just yeah jump in that's great i um i love your approach to um going up to the tables by saying i'm kind of a magician i take the um the opposite like the complete other end of the spectrum when i go up to table when i, I do my close-up i say don't worry guys i'm not a magician and then they kind of like taken back they're like you look like a magician but why are you approaching us and i i love just like confusing them and then asking the questions and then that creates like Definitely. a kind of intrigue into what i'm doing um and then i say so i go uh, don't worry i'm not a magician but i do read minds and now they're like whoa this is cool and i call myself a mind reader i am um, i'm not I don't care what people call me. If they want to call me a magician, they want to call me a magician. If they want to call me a psychic, they want to call me a psychic. If they want to call me a fraud, call me a fraud. I, I literally don't care as long as they say my name right. Um, but the one thing I would say, and it stems from a phone call I had with Ian Rowland. And this is a piece of advice that I got in regards to my free online mind reading show, which can actually be the advice can be taken from that and put into what should I call myself. When I first set up the show, I called it the unnamed show. I thought it was a beautiful little title and it linked in with the the grand, you know, big uh, reveal at the end of the show and it, it, it works nicely and I thought, oh, that's cool and interesting. Ian phoned me and he said, that's all well and great and I like your clever thinking, but the problem is people don't know what it means. If they read the unnamed show, they have no idea what it means. He said, give it the most boring, mundane, name in the world and call it the free online mind reading show 
Now, every single person that reads that knows exactly what it is. He said people should be able to look at you and within three seconds or 10 seconds, whatever he said, um, they should know every single thing about what you do and what you deliver. And I think that relates into your name, what you call yourself. It doesn't matter, but as long as your audience, as long as your customers or the people going to be paying for your service can look at you and understand literally within a few seconds exactly what you do, then then that's brilliant. That's why I call myself a mind reader because people look at that and they go, well, he obviously reads minds. There's no <laughs> confusion with that. Everyone knows what magician is. So by calling yourself a magician, they assume you're probably going to do card tricks or some sort of interesting stage show. Just make it clear. Um, I, I, I think that's pretty much everything that I can share in regards to that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think again, something that you both kind of shared our thoughts on with the openers and how you approach groups and stuff. I think if that's something that you guys want to hear more about, again, let us know and we'll we'll definitely get that planned to an episode where we can just talk about that because there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. Um, but yeah, just call yourself whatever you like. Take or leave our advice. Uh, take or leave our, our points. But just, yeah, as Ashley said, based on Ian's like brilliant words, just make sure that people understand it. And that's the most important thing. Again, in other countries, the word mentalist might... M- like might be synonymous with the whole mind reader and the whole of mentalism but from my my understanding in the uk at this point in time there isn't that so yeah yeah exactly um the next question we have in aiden is should i have a stage name yeah um <laughs> i don't necessarily think it matters whether you do or don't have a stage name i think there are a couple of factors that will play a part in that um for example if you are i'm not expecting you to do this and there's no pressure on it but if you are ending like releasing material to the community you may want to choose a different name for that purpose as well or choose a different performance name to just segment that so people that are searching for you can't find your book of tricks or can't find your free ebook or like so they can't find that stuff so that's one of the reasons um personally my branding is aiden the wizard um that for me uh aiden the wizard mind reader and magician i feel like that kind of summarize even with the without the magician Aiden the Wizard, mind reader. It tells people my name. It tells people, like, Wizard, come on, he's, he's not a super serious guy. Like, he, he can have a laugh and, and, and play around with that kind of stuff. And the mind reader, obviously, as we've said, tells you what you do. Um, but with that said, I wouldn't necessarily say that's my stage name. I openly introduced myself on stage as Aiden O'Sullivan, like, by my real name. Um, and I think that's something that's just, it, that is up to you. Um, you can. And I think it w- if you want to keep your personal life and your performance life separate, and if the, maybe if your character is completely different, split them could be a good idea. But um, from my personal experience, I I don't really have a stage name that's different. It's more so the branding. But again, that yeah. could change. That I don't know. How about you, Ashley? I, I mean, I don't have a stage name. I call myself Ashley Green, the mind reader. Um, I I call myself Ashley Green because I, when I used to work in sales, we was having this lecture by um, a guy very up in a state agency, and he said by saying your full name gives you kind of this 
element of power and authority, which is why I use the full name there. Um, but in regards to stage name, I don't. I know there's plenty of magicians, and I think it it just goes down to the to the point of of what we we always have this kind of thing which we say to people when they come to us with advice about anything it, it happens by doing and that's what we said in our 10 tips to improve your mentalism pdf just go out there and do it and from doing it you then learn what you like what you don't like you'll start to develop your character you'll start to think maybe i should put this character together and call it this and have this unique uh, person that you are on a specific stage set and then you might have it you know in, in art, no one tells you what to do. Well, they try to, but ultimately you can do what you want. There's no rules. All that matters is that you enjoy it. If you want to give yourself a stage name, give yourself a stage name. If you don't, don't. It's entirely up to you, but just have fun along the way. Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of connects as well to, to what we mentioned in the last episode about why mentalism. If your purpose for mentalism uh, is to... I mean, this is a bad example... Uh, if your purpose for mentalism is to to express yourself uh, in a, a specific certain way that mentalism allows you to do that, then maybe choosing your your actual name is great because then people can follow you and and like come up and contact you. But yeah, as we said, if you've got a different character like that's completely different to yourself, and when you're on stage, you're alive, and you present with this character that's that's not just an extension of yourself, it's something different something more than perhaps that's a favorable thing so again look at look at what you're doing and your why in mentalism and you, that again will inform your decision and you'll go from there yeah i mean last last week's episode is going to be perfect for answering what should i call myself and and obviously should i have a stage name i i think those two questions can you know when you understand like what you said uh, why you do mentalism you can answer that uh, the next question we had in was very interesting, um, and this actually links into um, to the whole kind of episode in general. Uh, what are some good beginner mentalism mind reading tricks? Yeah, I mean, let's just get stuck into that. I mean, I feel, feel like unless we had any more questions, again, Ashley's in control of the questions. Did we get any others? Yeah, I've uh, I've got my sheet here. And um, for me, these are kind of the main ones which stuck out. I thought these are the ones where. Um, most people would get use um, for it from the episode, of course. You know, we, we are planning to do these longer episodes. Uh, every single month, we'll be doing a kind of a deep dive on things. And, and part of that, we want to help you, the community, out. So, you know, get asking questions and, and then, you know, we're, we'll uh, we do a deep dive in those like we have with the, uh, the lucky people that answered these. Um, that is it that's on the list. So, obviously, what are some good beginner mentalism tricks? Let's dive into it now. So let's have a little chat about the tricks, how to choose the best tricks for you. Now, I personally think that I've, the, probably the easiest way to go about this to start with is to actually explain our favourite tricks um, and explain why they're our favourites. And then you'll be able to start understanding a little bit more about how we selected those and what makes those good enough for us. Okay, Does that make sense? Are we, providing you're happy to share that, actually, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, this is this is what this this episode's about is is choosing the right tricks, and I think that's a great kind of layout to um, obviously help you guys. I think what you what you've just said. So let's go for it. Perfect. Well, I'll, I'll start. I mean, I think 
pretty sure we've mentioned it in a previous episode, but uh, my favourite plot in all of magic and mentalism is quite simply the witch hand game. Simply guessing which hand a coin or an object is hidden in. Um, now, I love it for a bunch of different reasons. Um, I love it because at, the po- at this point, I've done it so much and I've got so familiar with it that I'm actually putting aside the magic tricks and the and the actual mentalism tricks and gimmicks and all of that stuff. I've put that aside in favour of um, a couple of reliable tells and genuine psychology um, and scripting and all of that stuff. Uh, so I so I love that. But what I really love and why the witch hand plot is because it's so simple. It literally is you're guessing a 50-50. But it gives you the opportunity to take it in a million directions. I mean, just to throw out a couple of examples that I use, I use it as an influence routine. I also use it as um, a revelation of a, of a selected word or a name or something. I, use, I actually use it as process, as a means to an end, as well as an end. And what I really enjoy about it is the fact that the audience understands it. If they're not familiar with the game already, because in probably 90%, to 99% of the time that I've actually performed this, the audience are familiar with this game and they understand the the whole concept of hiding an object, the other person's got to guess where it is. For that perspe- from that perspective, they can easily relate to, the, to what's going on and then they're already drawn into it because it's not saying something completely wacky and brand new. They actually, they're familiar with the content and it's simple for them to follow. Um, so if another member of the group turns up a little bit later on, they or they come in halfway through the routine, it's easy for them to understand what's going on. Um, whereas if you're doing um, like a longer, say, I, we always use card tricks as the default for here, but I think it's because it's the most common form of magic that there is nowadays. But if you're doing a long and process-heavy sort of card trick, um, people coming afterwards, they might have missed the part at the start where somebody picked a card. Um, and so that kind of weakens the effect a little bit. But I, I would argue that for the sake of which hand, if they're coming in after maybe a one, a one or two rounds, they, they can just follow on and they can catch up. Um, so simplicity simplicity and relatability are my two sort of uh, key elements. Have you got anything else I you want to that. add on that concept? Or? I love that. Keeping it keeping it simple is, uh, is the main thing. Uh, we've, we've obviously said it before. Um, but I love the fact that obviously, like you're saying, what we've mentioned in past episodes, you're bringing in your other skills and your other things which you enjoy, like trading the magic tricks to actually do genuine psychology. And it makes you more interesting. And and obviously you're going to have more fun with that because now you're incorporating something else which you love. I, I, I love that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I was literally talking to a layperson just yesterday. And they was asking, uh, this is the first time speaking to them over uh, like a video call, or at all for that matter. And they was asking about what it is that I do and explained all of this. And they, I was explaining that the fact that I use psychology instead of the, instead of like tricks wherever I can. And they was kind of taken aback by it, I think. And they, they asked the question of, well, why don't you just do the tricks? It's surely if that's reliable and that's easier. And my response quite simply, as you said, Ashley, was because it's more fun for me. It keeps me on my toes and keeps me playing. Um, but with that said, I'm not necessarily advocating that you go out and do entire psychological routines. I'm not saying that you should go out and buy the psychological subtleties uh, compendium from Banachek and just do that. Like It's good to know, and it's really good to have this in your arsenal when you've got nothing prepared. But ultimately, the point I'm trying to get across there is 
the simplicity and the relatability. If you can, if you can find routines that do that for people, then you're you're on for a winner. Like I don't think there's a negative there. Um, so yeah, Ashley, I know you've got some points on that too. So, well, I mean, obviously that that links into my favourite things to do, um, which for me. I, I like to do things which I enjoy. Again, I, I tend to keep them very simple. Um, for me, it's not really whether, you know, the actual thing, but it's kind of what people feel, what they go away with. I My end goal is obviously I want people to remember me because if they remember me, then they're more likely to book me over someone else. So that's a big thing in the back of my mind. How can I get people to remember me? Uh, the, the things that I enjoy doing, I would say it's maybe unlocking someone's phone, guessing their, their PIN number to unlock that. Um, or maybe revealing a, a, a specific password, which is impossible for them. I love the shock moment where it's like, wow, that's impossible. And I think everyone can relate to unlocking a, a phone because everyone knows what that is. Again, it's keeping it simple. If someone walked in halfway through and they saw me do that and they saw them react, they'd be like, okay, I get it, I understand. The other things I like doing, on the other hand, are the more kind of going into the psychic route. I love uh, readings and just 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 chatting to people about them and revealing impossible things. Like I mentioned in the last episode, the story of the lady that remembered me not for the million and one other things I'd done, but for the fact I knew her daughter's name and I knew that she wore glasses. You know, I think when you can connect with people... And I think when they obviously have this sense of wonder and emotion at the same time, that's an amazing thing. So that that's what I like to do. I I, know, I appreciate here I've just waffled and gone completely off tangent. No, I wouldn't say so you have at all. I, no, I really wouldn't say you have. I think what you're really? saying is... I, I feel I have. I feel I've, got, I've, I've wandered for the viewers. But I, I'll try and, and re-bring re it back in. My favourite you know, things to perform, pin unlocks and connecting with people, if that's a thing to perform, obviously. Um and just revealing specific thoughts about them. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think again, it just ties up to the relatability thing that I was mentioning, that having that personal element and, and trying to make sure that your routines are flexible. That's something that's very, very important. You need to be able to think on your feet uh, and adapt to certain situations. And that's something that I would argue that that's kind of like a muscle. That's something that you'll do and, and you'll get better at the more you do it. Um, but having that sort of relatability and having that personable nature is personable a word yeah it is is it i don't know i'm going with it i'm rolling with it having that personable nature it just it just opens the doors to to so much more and as you said you want people to remember you so do everything you can and and make sure that they can do that based off of what they see even if they see the end of the routine um it's something that I'm doing. I mean, I've spoken to you about this and I don't know whether I've mentioned it on a previous episode, but I'm scrapping all of my close-up material and all of my stage material and I'm reworking it and rewriting it from the ground up because I felt that I wasn't connecting people on the, connecting with people on the level that I wanted. Um, I feel that some of my effects were too sort of on the surface and trivial or they didn't have as much of an impact. So I'm taking everything that I've learned in the past and I'm going to be using that and bringing some bits across obviously but just trying to find ways to go a little bit further into that and who knows maybe this will turn out to be something that I can share with you guys I, I i don't know i don't know 
Yeah, I think always striving to improve is the main thing. You know, never stop learning. Never stop having fun and, and never stop that improvement. Obviously, it's, you know, sometimes you can get trapped and you can get in this thought process of, oh, I'll never be as good as this. And that's a horrible place to be. Um, I think you have to kind of take a step back from that. And, and it's not, you know, it's difficult, you know, getting stuck in that area and thinking that you're not good enough. But just remember, it's not about that. It's about having fun and make sure you continue to learn and continue to grow along the way. Yeah, definitely. And the next thing I want to um, obviously say for the viewers, I think, which will be handy. Um, what are some good beginner tricks? What would you recommend for people listening to this, Aiden? Okay, so I'll be honest. Um, I think for, for people that are coming from magic or for people that aren't familiar with magic um, and are trying to look into mentalism, I would probably argue that if you can force a playing card, doesn't matter how you do it, if you can force a playing card, then that's a great trick because you can take that and address it as a free selection for like you don't need to be doing anything fancy you could be doing like the cross cut force or or you could be doing like the a riffle force for those who are a bit more handsy with the playing cards um i'm not going to go into and show methods for like youtube or try and describe it on the podcast but you're, you're able you can go and search that on youtube like you'll find a million and one videos of that but a simple card force a playing card force you can take that and run. I mean, it's something that I still do at the minute in my, my close-up walk-around set. Whether or not it will stay after I, I reshift everything, I don't know. But I I wouldn't take it out just because it's playing cards. Like That's a, another huge debate that's that's out there. I mean, oh, we, we could talk for hours on just that one debate alone. But actually, it's, it's time for a stupid debate. Uh, stupid debates in mentalism. Should you do playing cards in mentalism? My answer, uh, yes. That's it answered. Uh, uh, the deep dive into why is, look, if you could read minds and you had this amazing ability to see inside people's heads, what would you be doing? Where would you be? I think a fantastic example. Sad. A real fantastic oh, yeah, example. Yeah, that is a genuine quote. There's, yeah. I'm just... Bear with just a minute for the uh, people. Ashley, you might have to fill them with... Fill them with talking for a second. He's... Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I'm just going to talk about uh, random stuff as Aiden searches for a book. Um, th I think that's just reminded him. The quote from this comes into some absolute... Uh, amazing thing uh, that a another magician said on the topic of using playing cards to mentalism. So I've seen that Aiden is back with that now, so I'm going to stop going so, into a massive ramble. <laughs> so sorry that. about that. That was just a, a, a little digression. It literally, it's something that just jumped to mind. I mean, so you guys are uh, watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see the book. Um, everybody else, I'm holding up The Mental Mysteries of Hector Chadwick. Um, this is a fantastic book. This is probably one of my favourite books in all of mentalism. Um, literally just throwing it out there. But um, chapter 5 on page 81 of the revised edition uh, is Playing Cards in Mentalism, a short dissertation on the justification of their use. And I hope it's okay to share this. Um, but the, the the chapter reads like this. If I were genuinely psychic, the first thing that I would do is take a seat at the highest stakes poker table I could find. Full stop. Easy as that. Simple. 
Like, is that not justification enough for using playing cards in mentalism? Oh, it's just a stupid debate, really. It's like, why why use a paintbrush when instead you're able to use your... Oh, no, no, let's change that. Why use your hand to paint rather than just using a paintbrush? I would argue that they're pretty much the same debate. It's like, uh, doesn't matter. You do what yeah, you want to do. It, you do you. It's easy to get caught up in any sort of place, whether you're you know, into football, into art, magic, mentalism. It's easy to get caught up into debates. And I think it's a very dangerous place to be because you can waste a lot of time. You know, as I've mentioned before, you're doing this just to be happy, just to enjoy yourself. And if that's your goal, it doesn't matter what the hell you do. You can do what you want. You can get away with anything as long as you're happy. Yeah, I think that just Uh, closes the section uh, stupid debates in mentalism. Like, there you go. Easy as that. Um, if you want uh, us to answer any more stupid debates and mentalism, drop us an email or message and we'll happily uh, take that to the podcast. Uh, so I would say, obviously following on, you mentioned uh, some easy beginner mentalism tricks. You said about obviously doing a card force. Um, you know, it's something I've done for a while and I, I've used that, um, you know, in various different things. But for me... If I was, if I, you know, had someone approach me and said, I want to get into mentalism, have you got anything easy I can learn? I I would literally just say, have a look at maybe um, simple, simple things. You don't need to go complex and spend 100, 200, 3,000 pounds on various different magical downloads which you can buy. You can do the most simple thing, like a, a simple card force, a little a little peek of uh, a billet, you know, anything like that. And it's all about the presentation. If you can focus, if you've watched our previous, you know, uh, episodes of this podcast for the Foundation Month, you'll know that we talk a lot about having fun, you know, talking about character, talking about connecting with your audience, all of that stuff. And that's what it's about. If you can... Put a fun little presentation on something, then it just amplifies it so much. We gave an example of talking about the 21 card trick, I think, in episode two. <laughs> Literally. Learn that if you have to. Yeah, there's there's so many things out there which you can learn. And, and it's, it's not the tricks, necessarily. It's just the way you convey it to your audience. So, yeah, if I had someone come to me now and say, what's a good beginner thing to learn? I'd say, just do some very simple things in a book which you can find and just really think about your presentation really think about what you want your audience to feel um, and that way you can quickly take something simple and you can elevate it to a whole new level and it doesn't take that much work honestly but you'll you'll take it to a brand new area and then you'll be great and people will love you and then people will want to book you for various different things like their weddings and parties and corporate events or whatever the hell you want to market yourself fast. Yeah, I think it's something that we talk about in the ebook as well, the free 10 tips to improve your mentalism. One of the points that we we talk about is quite simply think about everything. And if you can if you could take this trick that's that you've like, honestly it, we've spoken about it before. We've referenced um one of like a, a, an idea that we heard from Peter Turner, uh, just present your existing magic tricks as mentalism. Well, if you don't know any existing magic tricks, then just learn a basic magic trick, like a card force or just a billet pick or just find something very simple 
I am finding a way, th- really think about it and turn it into a mentalism trick and then perform it and then think about it all afterwards and think, how could I improve it? What else could I do? Is there something better? I just always, always keep thinking. I think it, that's a, a good approach. Yeah. Always keep that journey of learning going forward and, and, and improving yourself. And the main point, which obviously we, we mentioned in the 10 tips to improve your mentalism PDF, which is available on the site if you click on the free stuff, uh, we, we mentioned just going out and just doing it. Do it. Have fun. It's all the matters. If, if you want to take anything, if you want to mix doing an ambitious card with uh, reading someone's mind, I wouldn't. Aiden probably wouldn't. But if you enjoy it and you have fun, just do it. You know, assess what the you know the audience feels. Assess how you feel. If you feel happy doing it, then great. That's all that matters. Yeah, I think that's important. Again, if you following the other advice from the other episodes, if you know, if you understand your why, then you're going to be. It's going to make it so much easier because you'll understand what you want to do based on why you want to do it. Um, so if you haven't done that already, I would, I would definitely. What really sit and think about why you want to do mentalism or what brings you to mentalism as we spoke about in episode three and then just use that to 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 have a look and see what tricks are of interest um i know we've can't, we've not really we're not teaching tricks here but we're kind of just giving you reference points to just throwing you with suggestions um and again if you know your character as well this is another point that you just mentioned if you know your character and you understand what what angle it is that you're coming at mentalism from then um, you probably might not want to do an ambitious card with um, within a, a mentalism and mind reading thing, um, because again you've got that debate of if you're talking about um, if you want to be a credible mind reader, then doing a magic trick just makes you look like a magician. Like that, that's another thing to think about. Uh, too much magic would dilute the purity of the the mentalism, if you like. But again, that's something that we can talk about another time, if need be. But for now, keep it simple. Uh, try and find ways to be relatable try and be personable and connect with people enjoy it um, and yeah remember that the tricks don't matter yeah and, and like, you, like like I said having fun you know it's so nice when I when I gig and people come up to me and they say I can and they, they say I, I can see that you really enjoy this you really have fun you know what you emotionally feel comes across to your audience if you don't believe in yourself the audience won't believe in you it's like i was talking to another listener of this podcast about um you know just various different things associated with mind reading and also hypnosis and that's a whole interesting area in itself and i spent about three hours just talking about believing in yourself because when you believe then you can do absolutely anything you know if you're not scared to fail if you know that you're doing this out of your passion and that this is the route to lead to your happiness you when you start to mix this whole belief system into it you can create some amazing things because your audience genuinely they will pick up on how you emotionally feel on that day and it will just you know things like that all the all these little things like making you you know doing something because it makes you feel happy believing in it all these little nuggets 
will genuinely help elevate that simple little trick, whether it just be a simple card force. And when you combine all of these things together, you're gonna have something which is absolutely amazing. And people are gonna gasp and go wow and, and really connect with you as a performer. And that's such an amazing place to be. Yeah, I think that, that, that just about summarizes that section. Um, and again, if you've got any questions on, on this topic or you want to ask a little bit more or you want us to elaborate on some, any of these points, just let us know. Okay, so I think uh, there's, there's plenty of information there about uh, how to choose the right tricks and hopefully you found value in that. Um, I think that was probably... It was really interesting from our perspective to sit and work and think about that. So um, hopefully, hopefully that's helpful for you as well. And if not, ask us questions. Um, I think before we, before we explain too much, I mean... Obviously, this month was designed to teach you the sort of the foundations of magic and the foundations of mentalism. Obviously, we are going to be going into depth on some more uh, specific and some more detailed topics later down the line. But as we mentioned in, like, I think it was the first episode, we don't want to be teaching you specific strategies to getting gigs right now because obviously the world, for the most part, is in lockdown and events aren't happening. So we don't really know what that's going to consist of just yet. So rather than teaching you this stuff, we thought we'd actually teach you the more actionable foundations. And we're going to be building on that next month. So next month, we're going to be looking at, at the next steps and how to get prepared, ready to, well, essentially for ready for when the post-lockdown boom hits, uh, because I think that's what we're expecting. We're expecting there to be something else um, afterwards. So, uh, yeah, that's it. We've got some amazing things lined up. I mean, we've got uh, discussions with, with some, some top stars in the field, and we're going to be talking to them. Uh, obviously, we've got our, our own ideas and we're going to be sharing all of the learning as, as we go along as well so uh, stay tuned for definitely some more but uh, Ashley I know you've been very busy over the last couple of weeks did you want to talk about that for a little bit yeah oh it's been amazing obviously you've been following along the entire journey as I've been telling you what's happening but I had my tv appearance over in America I was part of a brand new and exciting series called Magic Court on Camera um, and uh, i for all the American viewers, you could probably find that on Catch Up uh, on the TRVL channel if you want to go and find me reading minds on that. Um, I've then been all around the world with my online shows, which is uh, which is incredible. And and part of that took me to performing with the Las Vegas legend Jeff McBride. Insane. Uh, I've, my mind is blown that I shared the same virtual stage as Jeff McBride. I closed for him. He opened the show and I closed for Jeff McBride. How insane is that? It's been an absolutely mental week. It's been a mental month, you know, setting up a TSM from the ground up. This being our fourth episode, you know, everything that's happened my side with performance, everything that Aiden has done as well at his side um, is is absolutely incredible in, in just a month I feel that we've accomplished so much and to see you guys engaging with our stuff is amazing yeah definitely ditto on that I mean you've been up to some awesome stuff and again if you can just hear some background noise that's because we're in the COVID situation so just again I'm just going to let you know that there is stuff happening outside right now um, but yeah I mean Ashley's been performing like a madman uh, as well as setting up tsm it's hard to like i find it really hard to think that at the point of us recording this episode it's like we're not even 
a month down the line. We haven't launched for a full month at the point of uh, at the point of recording this, which is insane. Like it feels like we've been doing it for ages. I mean, the idea has been around for a long time, but yeah, it's just amazing. Blown away by the support. Um, again, I think it's I've just shaved what I've been working on. I mean, I've not been performing as much. I mean, I did a, an online public show. Um, might do another one. Don't know. Um, that, that was well received. Uh, but something I'm doing at the minute, which I, I think is going to be quite interesting, and I'm happy to share the details if if people are interested. But at the minute, I'm I'm looking an awful lot uh, at myself and trying to do some like personal growth stuff to just try and improve other areas of my life as well as this performing career. Um, because believe it or not, we have lives. Um, uh, the one thing at the minute, I'm I'm currently taking a, a program looking at altered states of consciousness uh, and being able to access different levels of consciousness to unlock uh, and activate more um areas of the mind if you like if if that's a an easier way of explaining it um just to see to see if i'm able to use that to my advantage um again interest in psychology so it's 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 fun i'll definitely share updates ashley's looking at me blankly here so i i, I presume uh, it was there I'm anything else that you wanted away. me to, to to add to that i mean i, I i'm just i'm just absolutely blown away that the amount obviously that that we've we've managed to learn in in such bizarre times and for you to say that you're learning altered states of consciousness <laughs> it sounds mental it sounds it's awesome absolutely right it fantastic. sounds cool but oh no i i'm honestly so proud with how much we've uh we've accomplished with this um and of course if you guys you know wanted to leave a um leave a review if you enjoy this um please do it honestly means the world to me and aiden um but of course if if there's anything else you want to add uh no honestly nothing again just to to again obviously you know at the end of every episode we we, we do all the plugs and stuff so again 10 tips to improve your mentalism if you've not already signed up it's free just join the mailing list you get it straight in your inbox as well as a bunch of other stories and interesting uh lessons that we've learned that's, again mailing list exclusives um obviously we bring all your friends to these podcasts i mean i just yeah i'm i i do not know i you you know what to do again it's just amazing uh to, to to share this approach with you and again i i cannot wait for what we've got coming uh very soon very soon i, I don't want to leak it again because i've got a reputation for leaking stuff now but he's gonna say i feel like he's gonna say something i think we should quickly wrap up before he um i'm covering i'm covering my anymore. mouth i'm covering my face i don't want to say anything Right, we're going to wrap up there before Aiden leaves us with any spoilers. Um, so, of course, I will say uh, leave a review. As always, find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter and YouTube. But make sure it's a five-star review and you leave a nice little comment. And we'll see you next month, guys. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. 
It's called The Magician's Business Group, and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside, so to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group, and the magic of the internet will take you straight there, or just pull open Facebook and search for The Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.